You're listening to episode 43 of the Take the Reins podcast with Nikki Porter. Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, both human and equine, this is the spot for you. Through our conversations, you will learn how to become a stronger communicator, leader, and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena. Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you, so here we go. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Nikki Porter, and Take the Reins is now a new member of the Horse Radio Network family. So thanks to them, it's been fantastic getting onto their network. And as a result of being on the new network, Take the Reins has some new listeners. So if you're a new listener to the show, welcome. I hope you thoroughly enjoy the show. And if there's anything I speak about that you'd like to hear more about, or if you have a topic idea, then please feel free to reach out to me and share with me. If you are a returning listener to the show, know how much I appreciate you and appreciate you showing up consistently time and time again every Tuesday or whenever you can fit in into your schedule. I greatly appreciate you. And uh, Take the Reins is just growing. We're, we're moving forward and I want to make sure that I honor who is showing up and that I'm offering you what you need. So if there are certain episodes that resonate with you and you want to hear more from me on a specific topic or hear more for, from a specific guest, then please share with me. It's just, it helps me to know exactly what you're looking for from this show. For today's episode, I'm sharing with you an interview with a great friend of mine who is on the road and traveling and an absolute inspiration. And I say she's a great friend of mine. She was a fast friend of mine. She was one of those people who entered into my life and just... We just knew that we connected and clicked right away. And so we've been in touch ever since the first time that we spoke. And we actually joke and speak about a little bit in the interview as well. So you'll get a little bit of a rundown there. But I want to introduce you to Alicia Buss. And Alicia absolutely is one of the people in my life that inspire me to take action because she leads by example. She is on the road currently And, you know, it's not an easy time to be on the road and doing things that are out of the ordinary due to COVID. And uh, she's doing the best that she can and she's staying safe, but she's also connecting with so many people in the horse community. And I just love what she's doing and what she's all about. I first met Alicia when she interviewed me on her YouTube channel, Horsepower empowerment through connection and we had a great conversation there but Alicia has some other really awesome projects on the go as well. She's on the road for her promotional short films Horses Empowering Humans as well as she is involved in the equine assisted learning community and the promotion of that as well as Alicia just hosted her first of a series of men's summits, online summits, and I cannot wait until she does up a women's summit. It's going to be amazing, so stay tuned for that. I'm not going to keep you waiting any longer. Here is an interview with my dear friend, Alicia Buss. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me, Alicia. It is an honor to have you. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Nikki. I'm really excited to get to be here and hang out with you. Oh, it's great to hang out. We, uh, I think we have a unique story in how we met and how we've become fast friends. And I definitely will call you a friend because I feel like I can like call you up now anytime, which I think both of us have done at this point in our friendship. 
uh, and just kind of chat and check in. So tell us, we can talk about our story a little bit, but tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe we'll dive into that in a minute. Okay. About, about myself first. Okay. Yeah. Let's go there first. Okay. <laughs> Hello. All well, I am originally from Olympia, Washington in the United <laughs> States of America and <laughs> born in Seattle. <laughs> So I grew up on 15 acres down in Olympia. Uh, my parents divorced when I was very young. So I oftentimes joke that I'm a country city mouse because I was raised in both um, the metropolitan area of Seattle and in Olympia on 15 acres. And so I'm always, I love to travel. I feel at home in both places, but can never stay in one place for quite too long because of it. And I'm always longing for the other one if too much time goes by. And so I find myself on the road right now touring the United States as I work towards filming at different equine assisted learning and mental health facilities to help increase visibility for this field. Because when the pandemic began, I'm actually a medical massage therapist by trade, as well as an elementary and middle school teacher and an equine facilitated life coach. Um, and because of my diverse background, it gives me a fun insight into all the different realms of the equine world, which is great. But when the pandemic started, my practice for massage was closed down for three months. And I grieved for just two days on the front end of that. And then I pivoted and I was just like looking towards the horse community being like, okay, how are these people, like, what do they need? Um, because a lot of people were struggling um, financially, psychologically, you know, like all these, what do we do with our practices, right? If we can't have people out to see our horses. And so I just kept jumping on Zoom calls that different um, places were having, like Shannon Knapp at Horse Sense of the Carolinas in North Carolina and many others um, looked at heart math. Um, Veronica Lack um, had an amazing summit. And I just started cold calling people because that's something that I'm really good at. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> and I was just like, hey, you sound like an amazing person. We should talk on the phone. How can I support you today? And uh, for free, you know, it's just sometimes we get stuck and it's good to just have like an authentic, good human being that genuinely cares, even if they don't know you. And um, to figure out what it is that you're struggling with, because that old saying that like two heads are better than one really is mm -hmm. true, like most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so I just started calling people like literally all over the world um, that were working with horses and asking them what they needed, what they were struggling with. Uh, and so on and so forth. And what I kept hearing over and over again was that people felt very alone and that they felt like a lot of people didn't know what it was that we did in our industry for the equine assisted learning and mental health. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, I'm a pretty smart and capable and moderately attractive to most people. Like I could probably help do something about that. <laughs> and so I, uh, I started doing interviews with people all like literally all over the world. I figured out how to make Zoom work and YouTube. And I started this YouTube channel called Horsepower Empowerment Through Connection, which Nikki has been on, which was a really great interview. Although she and I have a wonderful personal joke that comes from that that I won't share now. But if you ask her, maybe she'll tell you someday. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but see, we get to laugh about it even now, which is a beautiful thing. That's right. And I, I love Nikki dearly. She, uh, we were just fast friends. She actually popped up on my recommended friends list one day. And I was like, that was she looks like a really awesome lady and I want to talk to her. And we, I just like literally cold called her over Facebook messenger on video. You totally and, did. Uh, and I was like, she's so cool. I think she was, were you guys at the beach? We were at the beach. So it's really funny because I had like, I don't even know how I came across you online. And I went to your website and I filled out your form for your interview. And I do these things late at night. Like I'll come across these, these opportunities and I'll like, oh, that looks really cool. So I like filled it out. And then you started writing me on Facebook this one night. I had responded to you about the, the, yeah. the time. It was the time we needed to change the time for the interview. Oh, that's right. And we had not spoken at this point. It was like, I was just like, okay, this seems like a cool opportunity. And I'm, I was, I had just put Blake to bed. So we were at the beach and my family and friends were out at the fire. And so we had close friends of ours down from, uh, or for the weekend. And so I'm like, 
in my bedroom because Blake doesn't like me to leave the the camper when she's going to sleep. So I'm in my bedroom just hanging out and you called me and I was like, well, this is odd because people tend to not call anymore. People tend to avoid that, that sort of interaction because text has really taken that, um, it's yeah. like that, that bravery to just hop on a call away. So I was kind of like taken back because I'm a caller. I love hopping on the call on the phone. Like I have so many friends now who I like, I will just call them and I'm not like, I just don't like to text. I like to be more efficient than that. And so you called, which was totally impressive to me. And then you <laughs> spoke to me, like we've known each other for a million years. And then you gave someone your ice cream while we were on the call so i was like <laughs> some random okay. guy that parked next to me and i i yeah. got into a convenience store to uh because it was a hot day in olympia and i had bought these uh is that where i went no i'd gone to the grocery store mm-hmm. i've literally gone to the grocery store and i had like these slivers of ben and jerry's ice creams that were individually wrapped you know because you know it's covid friendly mm-hmm. and so um <laughs> he's like this this kind of cute guy had parked next to me and i asked him if he wanted some of my ice cream and he was like Sure. Yeah. And so I like literally just took one of these individually wrapped ice creams and I gave it to him because they were like they were melting. I'm like, yeah. I can't eat all three of these melting like ice cream well, things. That oh, spoke to me about you because like <laughs> I am a lover. I love people and I don't know if I would give away my ice cream because I really love ice cream. <laughs> so anyway, it was just kind of funny because I was like, okay, <laughs> she's willing to give her ice cream to strangers. She seems like she's a good person. And so then I got off the call with you and I went outside and my husband was like, what took you so long? And, and I was we're like, on the call for like a really long yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I then I, I came years. out and I was like, I just had the coolest conversation with this girl who like, I said, you know what I said about you? I said, if someone could teach someone how to make friends, Alicia is the one to do it. Like I said, she called me and we spoke like we've known each other for forever. And I said, uh, she, I was immediately comfortable with her. It was so, it was really cool. Anyway. So that's my side of our story. (laughs) It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was great. I love it. How sometimes in life you get to meet people that you're just like instantly friends with mm-hmm. like your kindred spirits um or something like that like you can meet people and feel comfortable and like it's oh, nice yeah. and pleasant but then there's like that whole other level of meeting people and you're like oh god where have you been it's been so yeah. long since i talked to you yeah <laughs> it's exactly. been totally since the last lifetime oh my gosh let's go yeah. catch up <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so, so, yeah. so okay back to, back to the um the story in regards to youtube and traveling yes so, um, I have this great channel that I feel so incredibly like grateful and blessed to get to have the opportunity to talk to these amazing human beings, men and women all over the world that are empowering people. Um, every now and then I have life coaches on that don't have any experience with horses because um, they are just really incredible people that are making mm-hmm. a prof- profound impact on their communities and I love to have them on. Um, so the channel really is about empowerment through connection, um, not just about horses, because I think it's important for people to hear positive stories of what's going on in the world, especially during these um, sometimes dark and uncertain times. Mm-hmm. So people come on the channel and I ask them what they're doing um, to help others. And I also ask them to vulnerably share about obstacles they've overcome in their own personal lives and how they're living their dreams today. Because during these times, I've found that a lot of people are very shut down because of the fear of all the different things that are going on in the world today. Mm -hmm. And um, they just don't even begin to think that they can dream. And so, and they feel alone sometimes in their struggles. And so when people come onto my channel and they share their stories, it helps people to not feel so alone. Mm-hmm. And the feedback I regularly get from people is that it gives them hope and it gives them inspiration um, mm-hmm. in their own personal lives. And I'm very grateful to get to be the channel for that, um, literally and figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, because for me, it's really important to do my best to be the rising tide that raises all the ships. Like, Mm -hmm. I it's not about my ego. Like, I need to be famous or anything like that. I really just want to do my best to connect people and empower as many human beings on this planet as I can. Like, Mm -hmm. my goal is to help empower at least a billion people on this planet. 
that those are my kind of dreams right there. That's awesome. That's <laughs> right? fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's why I I'm on the road. I, I sold both of my horses um, to pay my revolving bills in September and October because that was my commitment to um, to everybody out there that I believed in all of you and that I really wanted to be there. And my horses went to amazing homes. So while I miss them tremendously, um, I have no guilt in selling them because I know that they got to like level up. Like I provide a really good home for my horses. So it's like, (laughs) it takes a bit to find a place, but that's an ideal that I have with myself that if ever I have to rehome the horse that I have to go to a place that was even better than what I was already providing for it. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I'm on the road. I, uh, it's always a funny conversation because people are like, Oh, like, where are you going next? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, how long are you going to be somewhere? I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's really about listening to my intuition and networking and connecting with people and seeing who needs me, um, slash wants me where, um, mm-hmm. and it's a really interesting way to live life. Um, and it's, uh, it definitely pushes one's, um, capacity, yeah. both in faith and the ability to, um, to pivot. Yeah. And, um, cause there's lots of stuff going on, um, in life and, you know, it's a pandemic and I, it's really important to me to be mindful of, um, the fact that people are allowing me to stay in their homes mm-hmm. as I travel about from place to place. And so I will only stay in places where people have been exceedingly uh, cautious in mm-hmm. regards to COVID because it's not just about my personal perspectives about that. It's about any place that I might stay in the future. And the fact that I don't have mm. somewhere to potentially like quarantine for two weeks, if I did get it, mm-hmm. um, no matter what like level of severity I had it in. Um, and we're also coming into winter, like it snowed here in Colorado today yeah. <laughs> and they were having like 40 plus mile an hour winds in some places. And, um, yeah, like one of my friends that I was going to go visit, they were supposed to have like six to eight inches this weekend. And I was like, Nope, I love you. I will not come visit you this weekend. Um, <laughs> <I'm not ready laughs> <for that. laughs> yeah, I am not, I mean, my tires are okay. They're not mm-hmm. like great epic. Right no tires on my Ford F-150 right now because I sold or like got rid of everything that I owned other than what I could fit in the back of my Ford F-150 and um, I literally just left Washington State um, to like walk the walk and do my best to inspire people as as much as I could um, to give them hope for their own dreams and on a personal level not just the people's stories that Mm -hmm. we're sharing but my own as well. Um, so I have like my GoFundMe to try and raise funds to pay production teams to create these great um, promotional short videos where we highlight different populations that people are working with, be it veterans, people who have mm. been sex trafficked, people recovering from addiction, kids in the juvenile justice system, um, people struggling with um, eating disorders, and that's men and women, because it's important mm. to like remember that men too have body dysmorphia and eating disorders at times. Yeah. Um, and we work with people with special needs. We There's just so many things that we work with, you know, um, in regards to our profession. And it's just such, such a profound experience partnering with horses and helping people recover from trauma and teaching people emotional regulation, which is really like, that's my jam in regards to being an equine facilitated life coach and also doing just like virtual life coaching on the road. Um, but I think that that's where empowerment starts is creating that solid foundation of understanding emotional regulation. And from that standpoint of emotional regulation, it's about honoring the spectrum of emotions that we experience and processing them and not holding them inside us, but rather allowing it to move through and honoring that if we're in um, an irrational state because we're triggered into something that uh, we find different functional activities to help us manage those emotions so that we're able to hold ourselves accountable without shame, without invalidation, but also without increasing our trauma or someone else's by engaging when we're in an irrational headspace. And that includes our horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because, you know, like they're sentient beings with their own um, experience through life, their own energy, their own backstory. And it's really important for us to be able to interact with them in a way that's most respectful to both them and us. Mm-hmm. Um, to keep ourselves physically um, safe and them. And, um, you know, when you're in a rational headspace and you have that, you know, like different energy, 
um, it puts you and your horse in a more compromised position mm -hmm. because it's a lot easier to get frustrated when they're not doing exactly what we want them to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And then we sometimes do things that like put us in a more compromised position that can potentially, you know, create more reactivity in our horse and um, mm -hmm. put us in danger. And sometimes yeah. that's depending on our activity. So um, partnering with people and horses without agenda is definitely something that takes um, self-awareness mm -hmm. and it's a different level of responsibility and accountability. Um, and that can be interesting, you know, cause like we might want to train for a show or have a different activity that we want to do with our horses. And we go out and we see our horses and maybe they are not in a place to work that day. And then we have to decide if we're going to honor where they're at or push for what we want mm -hmm. and honoring that space can sometimes be uncomfortable mm -hmm. to really acknowledge because you know I can I feel like I can pretty fairly say that all of us and I try not to use absolutes but I'm pretty certain that this is one time that I can that all of us at some point have gone out and worked with our horses when they weren't in a space for us to work with them. Uh, absolutely. But doesn't that lend to our ability? So if we can consciously make that shift with our horses, I guarantee it will allow us to make that shift with people around us. Because how often have we gone into conversations, myself included, uh, this is something that I personally work on. And every time I catch myself, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm getting better, but it's still there is that, that personal agenda in that, you know, we have this perceived notion of what needs to take place for us. And then we don't listen as well as we should in order to be able to have the person that we're speaking to, like placing them on a on, I don't want to say a higher priority because it's, it's more of an equal priority. We're just not putting ourselves above, um, to be able to really have those conversations that we can see clearly what they need yeah. and how we can help to give them what they need and also stay really clear in what we want, but just yeah. be super flexible in how we get there. Um, I think that's the most important part. It takes that rigidity, if that's a word. <laughs> it is definitely, now. Definitely a word. <laughs> uh, it takes that away, right? And I think yeah. the horses just offer us an opportunity to actually practice that. And it can transfer over and vice versa. Maybe, you maybe you're better with people. You feel like you're better with people than you are with horses. You practice it on people and bring it to your horses and vice versa. Yeah, definitely. That's a really great point, Nikki. And um it's it's interesting how um difficult because like nobody really like i'd say nobody like people who care about the horses like you don't want to mm -hmm. put your horse in a negative space you know mm -hmm. like you don't want to be oppressive to them and when you think about um the fact that you might have been sometimes that can be triggering for people yes yeah creates and, like super shame storms yeah 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 no it totally does but it's like a really important part of our healing journey for ourselves mm -hmm. and to acknowledge that we've gone through life and different things have happened to us and we've done things and every human being makes a mistake on some level at mm -hmm. some point in their lives and it's what you do with that mistake that matters mm -hmm. it's not that you made it no you know and it's just like can you forgive yourself can you forgive others? Like, what are you committed to in regards to your engagements with humans and people and really owning that that's where you're at? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. that's the thing that most people just yeah. struggle with is just owning be like, this is where I, I am at. Yeah. And while sometimes it's non-ideal, when it's non-ideal, it's really important to do your best to navigate and be like, when can I engage with what person or mm -hmm. what animal? It's interesting not to cut you off, but when you say that, it brings me back to like the thought of when I'm, when I'm writing out content. So that sounds really un, uh, emotional, but it is content when it's a business, right? So when I'm right. writing these stories, it's oftentimes what comes up in my language is I want to write out your best self. So showing up as your best self. And I've never really taken the time to break that down and to explain that 
showing up as your best self is not like you need to show up perfectly. It's that you've put in the effort to be able to get to where you are today and that however you show up for any person, any horse, anything that you're doing, you're showing up today as your best self based on your level of awareness and effort at this time. But your best self, if you're a lifelong learner and you're on a path of growth, your best self will likely be 1% better tomorrow and then 1% better the next day if that if you're looking at, at improving, right? So I think that people shy away from, myself included sometimes, shy away from the using that concept of, or that language around showing up as your best self, even though I very clearly believe in it. Um, but I don't want it to ever be misinterpreted as like, you have to be perfect every single day that you have a a conversation with somebody or every time you interact with your horse, it's, it's not about perfection. It's about owning where you've been, who you are and really honoring the fact that you're looking to be better than you are right now. Does that make sense? 100%. 100%. Yes, it definitely does. And I mean, like sometimes showing up at your, as your best self is just surviving that day. They absolutely struggle with suicide, like as like the suicidal thoughts or whatnot, their best self is literally surviving yes. and not to invalidate themselves for that. Be like, Hey, like you made it another day, mm-hmm. you know, like sometimes showing up as our best self is, um, is just being quiet. You know, like you can go and you be the person like you could be like an Olympic rider and that's like your best self you feel like is when you're like on point, you're going through jumps, like you're having an amazing moment. But understanding that if something that really rough happened to you that day, showing up with your best self might just be like standing there and brushing your horse and breathing. Yeah. yeah. You know, and there's just like all these different things. Like I feel like being your best self is just staying within your integrity and being your authentic self, you know, and maybe you went a little outside of your integrity and, um, you have to work on coming back and maybe your best self is just having grace in that moment that you went outside of your integrity, doing your best to forgive yourself and, and everything else for me, like being my best self sometimes is like, I ate a lot of sugar. I went out and it with my body. This has and, been a conversation lately, Alicia. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And that's why I'm bringing it up because like we're yeah. coming close to the holidays. This is going to probably be a conversation for a lot of people. Thanksgiving yeah. is coming, Halloween is coming and Christmas is coming. All right. Like this is the time that we all get yeah. to have that conversation with ourselves. Right. Yeah. Unless you're one of those like really disciplined people in which case like super props to you guys. And yeah, yes, like, for it's, sure. it's a big deal during the season. And, um, that man, when I, um, but I have not been doing the best for my eating. Um, I become more reactive if I've had too much mm-hmm. sugar and I become more irrational. And so it takes mm-hmm. a lot more work to, um, I have to be more mindful with the people that I engage with when I'm in that mm-hmm. space, because um, if I'm not and I become reactive, I can become kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Like many, many human beings, if we're just being honest about it, like I'm a human, like I'm a really nice person, but I definitely have my jerky moments. Yeah. Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> no. Like but it, what, it, that's a huge <laughs> level of like, we all can, we all we, do. We, we can all, we can all do that. But it's like having that space where you're like, I honor that right. I am in this space and that I'm aware of which people yes. in my life may have the tendency to trigger me. And what conversations that I need to stay away from with those people, because I made the choice. I, Elysia, mm-hmm. made the choice to eat the sugar that mm-hmm. causes a more irrational headspace. And, but that's a huge level of accountability and awareness that is, I want to say it's lacking, right? Where you are so aware of how you're showing up that you recognize that, okay, if I go and eat this extra donut, that, um, that I'm also going to be, yeah, that I'm also (laughs) going to be, have to work harder to show up as the person that I want to be and that I strive to be. Um, and isn't it interesting to really think about the fact that we don't want it. We don't want to be that. Like, I don't want to be that aware sometimes. Like I would just want to eat the ice cream, Just give me my ice cream. But at the same time, it's such like, it's almost empowering 
when you think about it, where you're like, okay, I don't have to go. And even if I do have this moment where I have a meltdown and then I blame someone else, there's always the possibility of coming back and reflecting and then going back and saying, I'm really sorry that this happened because I'm not going to blame the fact that I had sugar, but I did make the conscious choice and I knew what was, what was a possibility to happen. Um, and I'm going to do better. And whether you have that conversation with yourself or you have that conversation with somebody else is entirely up to you, but interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's just, uh, doing it without guilt or shame, I feel like is the most difficult part of the process. Like I've definitely dealt with a lot of guilt and shame in my life and it's a, it's a regular process because like Mm -hmm. struggling with body image is definitely something that I've dealt with my whole life. Um, like I was put on my first diet when I was in third grade and, um, I was like, really fit like I'm like I've always been a curvier later just because I'm, I'm built like more muscularly mm-hmm. and um because I've done like manual labor my whole life um not that skinny people can't have that <laughs> <laughs> backstory too but it just um it was a real struggle so like I'm around like I'm like 152 pounds right now mm-hmm. at five four and so but when I eat too much sugar like my face pops up and then I get to deal with like any residual body image stuff that comes up of right. not feeling like I'm attractive enough or, or whatever with because that's just my own story but understanding when I do those things that that is probably going to come up and those are different things that I get to work on um and it's just it's a level of accountability that a lot of people um aren't comfortable with mm-hmm. but growth is typically not comfortable you know, like being, Mm -hmm. holding yourself accountable for something that is not ideal. It is not a comfortable experience, but if you want to have the best relationship with yourself long-term and with the people in your life long-term as friends, as business associates, as life partners, then being able to own the things that you struggle with, um, and being able to articulate your boundaries and communicate your needs to the people around you is incredibly important, even if it's not always comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you truly want to have functional relationships in your life, that's just what you really need to do. And uh, and Mm -hmm. you decide at what level you're ready to approach that, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, everybody's got a different perspective. And I think it's important for people to own their personal truth. Like people don't have to agree with me and it doesn't hurt my feelings Mm -hmm. most of the time when it hurts my feelings. I know that's just my stuff that I still have to work on. You you know, somebody said this, uh, this phrase, fall in love with your triggers. And I I totally love that because when you fall in love with your triggers, your triggers show you where you still need to do work. Yeah. And for me, as somebody who's always trying to be the best person that I can while having grace in the now and being present, which is mm-hmm. always, you know, like something we get to work mm-hmm. on. Um, it's not typically something you get to just like snap your fingers and be like, Oh yes, I, I totally have this nail. This is just so easy. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe at some point people get there, but I feel like most of us still get to work at some level. Um, but yeah, for personal growth, when it comes to, um, people who have horses, um, I think at the end of the day, um, it's really like, I love something that Chris Irwin really talked about in the interview that he and I did, um, was that relating to horses and understanding that we're trying to build trust with our horses. It's not about desensitizing them. It's about being non-reactionary to them and to our surroundings, the environment of which we both encompass at the same time in a present moment. Because when the horses learn to trust us and see that we're not becoming reactive, it allows them to calm their nervous system. Yeah. Because it's like a, it's a partnership energetically, um, as well as like physically when we're in connection to their bodies as we're teaching them to do stuff. It's like rewiring their brain and allowing them to relax into an experience. And again, but that's about accountability and being aware of what that is like in an environment. Um, because there are a lot of models out there that talk to us about desensitizing our horses, but he brought up this really great point that I hadn't really thought through before, but makes a heck of a lot of sense to me, which is in no other partnership on any level in life, do we try to desensitize the other human being? No. Yeah. And if we don't do that in life with human beings, why would we do it to an animal? Yeah. 
And that's just a really fascinating mm-hmm. thing to think about. Like, mm-hmm. why do we do that? And I think it comes from a fear of the reaction and wanting to keep ourselves safe and oftentimes just not having the tools to um, work the, through those things with our forces in a different way. And so it's not about shaming people for working in that model of desensitizing no, forces yeah. because I've absolutely done it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Like I've had horses up and on since I was five years old. And I just did that interview like a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and I work, I work hard to like, to be, do good, like Liberty work with my horses and focus on uh, connection work. Um, and, but I've definitely, I've definitely had those moments of working with the flag and tarps and yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because my husband and I, we, you know, we, we teach these clinics and we used to have desensitizing as part of our clinic. It used to be part of our talk and without having this conversation, without really diving deeper into it, we both kind of stepped away from it just naturally with the growth of our horsemanship. So we bring the tarps and the things and they're there for people to use, but not once in any of our clinics this year, did we intentionally bring them out and say, okay, now we're going to work on desensitizing. And it's interesting because I think what's happened is we've taken the focus off of the object and put it on the energy. So then we no longer feel like there's a need to desensitize because we're working so much on the communication and the trust that it's just not, it's not something that's a focus anymore. So it's not that we don't believe that horses should be able to um, have flags and tarps and bags around them, but that the approach is very different. Um, The approach isn't this horse needs to not be scared of this. It's this horse needs to trust me in all of these situations. And it translates over to when I'm working with anything, A, B, C, or D. Right. Right. And it's just really important. And I was, I was laughing at myself. I was like, think I was really thinking, I'm like, are there situations when we're trying to desensitize people? And um, I know, isn't that an interesting thought? I thought that as soon as you said it. Yeah. Because I really try and, uh, and think things through. Uh, and it's like, it's not that we try to desensitize our partners, but I, different modalities, I feel like for like hypnosis, for instance, mm-hmm. or um, EMDR, I think I, I hope I got that one right. I always mm-hmm. mix up the letters in that one because it's like electronic dance music or what I like literally did that <laughs> on my head because I used to, to hip hop and techno and like salsa and all this stuff and back in the day. And so my friends and I always joke when I try and bring up the, the eye movement desensitizing or whatever it is to try and um, deal with trauma, right. Mm -hmm. And people as therapy, but it's, it's different, right. Because you're consenting to a treatment with another human. Really? I, I feel like the only place you would see it would be like mass media. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And video games where they have like all the stuff and everything else. Like a different, that's a different type of like, well, it isn't, it isn't, it isn't, it isn't. It's really, if you think about it, when I look at my past students, it was always a concern for me. It's what, what did allow me to kind of do some personal reflection on desensitizing was like, I would see these children who they, they have been essentially desensitized in the same sort of way. Um, It just is a little more disturbing might be the word because of the content, but desensitizing can happen in any sort of way when we're looking at media. So whether it be violence or uh, sexual content or language or any of those things. So I don't, when you're speaking, I'm like, okay, I can't really think of anything within our personal relationships, like our intimate relationships where we try to desensitize people. Although my husband and I joke about it all the time because he, like he's so high energy and I'm kind of like, I, I'm not as high energy as he is. (laughs) And so we always joke and and say like, Oh God, he's just desensitized me like over the years because I don't even react to him now. And other people are like, what's going on. But I, I don't feel like we intentionally do that within our relationships, but I do believe, I don't know if there's an intention in the media. uh, But when I think of news and I think of the way that the news is, is given to us in the format that it's given to us when it's very visual with all of um, the, the things that are popping up and, and the headlines and the, the images, I feel like it's 
somewhere in there it's been uh yeah yeah well in working with the horses like part of the work that we do is teaching human beings nonverbal communication right because so mm-hmm. many people are in front of screens so often be it a computer or an iphone or an ipad or whatever um and so what human beings over the course of time are actually losing is the ability to read that nonverbal communication yes. to pay attention to the micro expressions on someone's face to pay attention to energy And I feel like part of the anxiety that has been increasing in human beings when they interact with each other um, is that since they've lost that skill to a degree that they don't actually, they can't predict a person's behavior as well. Like they used to, right? And so that creates anxiety within a human, within an animal, within anybody, like really when Mm -hmm. you can't predict the behavior. Um, Mm -hmm. And so then people come and they work with us and we show them how the horses connect with each other through nonverbal communication and how we can connect with the horse through the nonverbal communication and paying attention to those energetic shifts, paying attention to the the big movements and the small movements, the tightening of the jaw, you know, Mm -hmm. like the flaring Mm -hmm. of the nostrils of the horse. Like, does their eye look soft? Does it look hard? Like, what are they communicating to us? is really important. And then we take that concept of nonverbal communication and the importance of grounding and seeing how a horse interacts with us differently when we start to ground our energy, when we start to be congruent. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by congruent for those who don't aren't familiar with that word is that when our minds and our actions or our words match, Mm -hmm. okay, that's congruent. And that's something that's energy that a horse or a human would want to engage with versus incongruent because they're just like, well, can I trust that person? Mm-hmm. What they're saying and what they're doing isn't really matching up. Um, and our energy shifts when we're incongruent as well and paying mm-hmm. attention to that because that's the beautiful thing with the horses. Like they're so clear in how they interact with us. Like that's why working with horses versus a counselor or a teacher in a traditional format is so much more helpful because human beings have more of an agenda, you know, positive or negative Mm -hmm. somewhere on that spectrum, right? And so our own stories can feed into the interactions with others if you're not really mindful of like that concept of transference, right? You have to keep your own backstory out of your sessions Mm -hmm. when you're teaching a person or an animal, you have to do your best to stay neutral, right? Which is where Mm -hmm. that personal accountability and awareness comes in um, for your energy, like the emotional regulation, like coming into that space of presence. Um, A lot of us struggle with just being present. Oftentimes people are either in their past because they've experienced a lot of stuff they haven't worked through Mm -hmm. or they're in their future because um, of escapism or they're um, just really hyper-focused on, you know, future goals and just being in the now, um, and enjoying with grace and, and having fun, right? Mm-hmm. Life is like, you should get to have like authentic, good fun, um, is important, but being present can, um, can be difficult. Cause sometimes even if you're like with somebody, you're talking to them, sometimes you still have that mental chatter going on, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, what did I need to get from the grocery store again? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, but like working with the horses, the horses don't really have an agenda other than to keep themselves safe, right? If they're in the wild, it's to, you know, keep themselves safe, find food, procreate, right? So we have food and we have safety in regards to the horses that we're engaging with. But if you're really connected to the horse, you could have green grass right in front of you and they won't eat it. They'll just stand there and and be there with you. And that's a really beautiful Mm -hmm. experience. Um, And that's why people make more progress when they work with horses is because the communication is clear. Like there's no BS, there's no story. Like there's just you and that animal and doesn't care what you look like, what your religion is, where you're from. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't care about anything uh, like that. They don't see you like that. And that's why people can just let their guard down and just be all of themselves more easily with a horse than they can with a person in my perspective. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And The other part of that is the horse offers you such real uh, and in-time feedback. Yeah. And feedback is essential for our growth and it's hard to receive. And, and sometimes Sometimes. our horses, (laughs) sometimes our horses actually are on the punishing end of them just offering their real feedback. They don't know how to not give us their feedback. Um, and we're not always in a place where we're ready to receive it. And so that can create some, um, some unfortunate conversations between horses and humans. 
But now that being said, you know, if this is bringing anything up for anybody who's listening, uh, this would not be something that would make anyone, or we wouldn't want anyone to feel like, okay, you should feel A, B, C, or D around this. Um, bring up shame or invalidation. Exactly. Sharing our personal stories with horses and with the people that we've engaged with in our own um, personal process. Like I, I don't want to shame people. Like shame is something, um, that's the thing about emotions. Um, people can't actually make us feel anything. That's the thing about accountability Mm -hmm. and, um, our past, um, is what frames all of that. Mm-hmm. And our internal experience, our internal landscape is what forms our external experience with the world. So mm-hmm. the stronger you become with the will and disciplined and willingness to like acknowledge when things are happening, the greater ability you'll have to be able to be neutral and see that no emotion is bad in and of itself. Yeah. We assign value to emotion. So we assigned value to shame. We assigned value to anger. We assigned value to love and happiness and everything along that spectrum. But at the end of the day, realizing that it's our choice of what value we want to assign to different things. Like that's real power. Mm -hmm. That's what real power is, is when you decide that you actually do decide about your experience. And while you might not necessarily have the skills or the bandwidth in this particular moment in time does mm-hmm. not mean that it's not a skill that you can work towards to have in the future. Yeah. And I, there were definitely times in my life where I did not have that bandwidth. Mm-hmm. And when I did not have those skills and I've spent literally a lifetime working on that. And I still have my moments when I am like, I've hit my bandwidth and I just don't have any more. And I definitely do not treat this emotions as well as I should Mm -hmm. and so that's why it's important to say like it's not about shame it's just a conversation and um and I apologize (laughs) I do my best to apologize when I definitely hit that limit and I didn't get out of that space fast enough to be able to avoid that that conversation or that outburst or or whatever and um acknowledging that you know sometimes people do things that are they really aren't correct you know Mm -hmm. they have done things that were hurtful um Mm -hmm physically, emotionally, psychologically, like whatever. And they knew that they were doing it. Um, I mean, those people are out there. Um, but most people I say to like assume positive intent because most people, like when they do something that's hurtful, it's really just coming from a place of pain within them, confusion within them, not understanding the concept of boundaries. Um, Mm -hmm. for a lot of my life, I did not have boundaries. I was like, what are those? And I (laughs) just like run over everybody, like a bull in a China closet. And I caused a lot of pain when I was younger. And um, or I, I put myself in the position to allow other people to experience pain due to their lack, (laughs) you know, like you, you guys, you ladies and gentlemen understand, I'm sure what I'm saying here. Um, I get, I get to continue to work on my own personal language because it's a a journey and we all get to practice those things, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting experience. And, um, it's one of the hard things that I struggled with was that um, I was very forceful in my youth of expressing my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I was not kind to myself in my inner world. And I was always like, well, I, I'm so much meaner to myself than I am to those other people. Like, what's their problem? Uh... And so that was a really interesting thing that I had to grow through. Because for me, I was always just being ruthlessly honest right. and not taking any consideration into how other people might feel when I was honest with them. And I, it took me a long time to understand that when people are not ready to hear something, um, that you expressing your opinion really comes down to ego. Mm -hmm. When you understand that that person is not in a place to hear that you're deciding that you voicing your opinion is more important than that person's experience if they're not in a place to hear you. And it's just going to create more drama for you, for them, more pain for everybody involved. And while it's frustrating to to look at that sometimes as um, to to acknowledge that you wanna be heard, but if the other person doesn't have a space to hear what you have to say, it takes a lot of will to choke Mm -hmm. down those words and just mm-hmm. walk away. Yeah. But that's that's a conscious choice. You're like, am I am I willing to own that like this person is not in, in a space to hear me and it's just going to create more of a problem? Mm-hmm. 
or do I want to have the words come out of my mouth mm-hmm. to physiologically be heard, but yeah. not psychologically be heard? Yeah. And um, that that is a journey yeah. for most of us. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we, we can all relate to that. Yeah, you yeah. know, and like, and we can yeah. relate that to our horses too, and like into kids. And you know, there's mm-hmm. there's different developmental stages when we want our kids or we want our horses to be in a different space than they are, and yeah. allowing them to like like listening to where they are and mm-hmm. approaching things at a healthy gradient mm-hmm. is um, takes a lot of patience sometimes. Yeah. And, can be and awareness. Yeah. Yeah. It's super frustrating. Um, and that's just part of that work and relationships that we all get to, we all get to do. And so mm-hmm. many people are so incredibly well-intended with their children and with their horses. And I'm sure you've seen this like, oh. like all over the place as you having been all the time, like, yeah. <laughs> like all, all of the things, mm-hmm. you know, and we're all just humans. And so it's, um, that's why I talk about grace mm-hmm. and forgiveness a lot because yeah we all, we all make mistakes and just having grace in that and being like, man, that I could have done a better job. Okay. Why did that happen? Okay. I'm going to try and do a better job next time. And like you talked about that 1%. And if we're coming from a place and we're striving, right. And we just do 1% better every day, it it makes a difference. Yeah. You know, and like loving yourself. And, um, and that's the thing that we get to learn too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and deciding to value ourselves instead of looking for other people to assign value to us. Yeah. Because that's a conversation I feel like not enough human beings have um with each other, with yeah. themselves, um, with like teaching their kids. Like, how do you find value in, in yourself instead of looking for other people to assign value to you? Because that's where peer pressure comes from, right? Yeah even as adults, we have peer pressure. I mean, like how many times have you gone to a clinic and like somebody was doing something and you and you thought that they were really cool and you wanted them to like you or you wanted them to mm-hmm. think that you were doing a good enough job. And so you did something that was slightly different, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it's so natural as a human being yeah. to strive to belong to a group, to a community, to, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's just what we are. Yeah. <laughs> as human beings. Yeah. Like even introverts, I feel like you're going to oh, have like absolutely. One, one person, you know, out there that you're, you know, that you look up to and that you want to value you. But yeah. um, what people I found is that when you do value yourself and not in an air of, you know, not out of arrogance valuing yourself, but valuing who you are as a human being and understanding that even if you're different than other people, every single human being on this planet provides value. Yeah. Um, and that we have something that we can all learn from, from small to large, from each individual, even if that person is just helping show us something inside of ourselves that we need to work on. Um, so. Absolutely. I feel like I'm coming up preaching. Like I'm really not You're sure. Not, no, not at all. It's all beautiful <laughs> stuff. I love it. You're doing like, a great job. Thank you. Support other people. Like I've I've learned things so much in the hard way. And so I vulnerably have these conversations with people and hope that it saves them some level of pain mm-hmm. because I didn't have that person to like mentor me in these ways. And my life would have been so much less painful if I had. Yeah. And um, that's why I vulnerably share my stories. I love it. That people don't have to feel alone, that there's somebody else out there that like understands what mm-hmm. they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always happy to chat with people, mm. a listening ear, somebody that they feel will understand them and not shame them for their experience. And mm-hmm. yeah. And I have a feeling, correct me if I'm wrong, but I have a feeling that you're not the type of friend who's going to allow people to sit there and then validate their stories Um, (laughs) yeah so I have a particular type of tribe that I surround myself with Mm -hmm. and um my tribe are the people that will be honest with you Mm -hmm. even when it's like not what you want to hear Mm -hmm. and it the reason that I say that even after everything that I just said is that um surrounding yourself with people with a growth mindset that you know love and respect you and value you so Mm -hmm. when they do call you out on your bullshit Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it comes from a place of love and the desire to help lift you up out of something and not to a hundred percent oppress you. And, um, I had a conversation with one of my best girlfriends just a few days ago that was like that. And she was Mm -hmm. just 
she's just like, you know where that other path goes and you need to take a different path. She's like, you're on like the middle of a tightrope wire right? You need to go forward instead of back. And, yeah. and it's true. And I'm very much in a scary and like unknown place in my life where I'm going forward and I'm really pushing my um, capabilities in a way that I have, like, I've done a lot of stretch. I live in that uncomfortable space in life because right. of that growth mindset and how I put myself in different positions to, to strive, you know, that other people um, typically don't go. Yeah, tend to avoid. Tend to avoid. And yeah. so when I, when I feel uncomfortable, <laughs> <laughs> when I need that push, it's like, uh, uh, it's a, I really, I so appreciate and love my girlfriends for just being yeah. like, yeah, I know you like, you need to push too. Yeah. Um, just because people have different levels of discomfort doesn't make anyone better or worse than anybody else. No, we just all have different thresholds of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you need a baby push and sometimes you need somebody to shove you off the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the diving board that's like, yeah. feet up or whatever, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I believe in you, but you got to go swim now. Yeah. Trust your instinct. <laughs> Trust your instincts. Oh, that's such a big one. I had a really great uh, conversation with a young woman a couple days ago, just about instincts and intuition specifically, mm-hmm. um, because she wanted to know what the difference was in the feeling between your intuition and a trigger. Mm-hmm. You get pushback. And my answer to her was that when you, everybody, I feel like has met somebody in their life where they just instantly didn't feel comfortable. There's like, ah, it just it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. That's your intuition talking to you, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a there's a ridge there. But when you feel a trigger, the energy that is attached to what a trigger feels like is totally mm-hmm. different. Yeah. And just based on personal experience, I find my intuition is like this quiet, warm, even when it's warning. Even when it's a warning intuition, there's like this quiet, warm, loving sort of feel to it. Even if it's like this tingly, you you shouldn't go there type intuition. Yeah, it's like grounded. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like energy versus exactly. Like, it's like your grandmother energy. taking your hand and saying, "Like, come on, dear," you know. Yes. Versus a trigger, I find is like a loud, fast. It would be like your best friend when you're five years old, like grabbing your hand and saying, come run with me. Right. So you have, you know what I mean? Like for me, yeah, for me, triggers are like adrenaline dumps. Exactly. They're just like, it's, it's a rush of something, um, like the chemicals that come from our brains, right. That are triggered from a past experience. And, um, so it's definitely like a harsher, energy that's mm-hmm. more immediate versus like that quiet grounded be like hey like you should you should probably pay attention to this over over here and triggers I feel like more like thoughts that come and they like cycle mm-hmm. through and mm-hmm. um versus like your intuition that's just like hey more of a feeling yeah it's just like a feeling and if you don't listen to it it'll just like come back and be like Hey, mm-hmm. and the like. The more you push on it, the like. The, I feel like the louder it gets. Yeah, you push against it, right? Rather, instead yeah. of just like listening and being like, I don't need to know why, because yeah. maybe this would normally make sense to me. As like, it should. It be like that whole. It should be fine. Yeah. If you hear it should be fine, then then like take a moment and breathe and like listen again to your it's intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a difference between like it will be fine or you need to go somewhere else versus it should be because it should be as you trying to like have a conversation. Oh my gosh, please listen to that advice. Anyone who is looking (laughs) right now, you're listening right now and you're like, you're going into any situation with your horse and you have the words in your mind, it should be fine based on what other people have told you. I want you to listen to this conversation and take that with you because that's a perfect place for you just to slow down and figure it out, get quiet. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, like I've done some pretty interesting things throughout my life. And literally I can say with almost complete surety that the only times I have ever gotten in trouble in my life is when I did not listen to my intuition from small to large. It's like, 
And I, every single time I'm like, dang it, why didn't I just like listen to myself or like the higher self or whatever gives you that like intuition or like God and the universe, like whatever. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's at least for me, almost a one-to-one ratio. And, um, yeah, just across the board with jobs, with horses, with, you know, with friends, with Mm -hmm. partners, like whatever, it's just, it's just not a great thing. And then I could other situations I've, I have gotten to do the craziest things because that most people are like, you're nuts. Like that is so dangerous. And I'm just like, it's not dangerous. My intuition says it's fine. And then it is fine. And I'm just like, (laughs) isn't that interesting? (laughs) Okay. We're going to have to cut this short because uh, like we know from our experience together already that we'll just keep on talking. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a real thing. So (laughs) right now, uh, Elisa, you're speaking to us from yellow jacket, Colorado, correct? Okay. Um, I will probably be leaving here in the next few days or a week, just trying to get things together for the summit. And then in uh, January, I'm hoping to do a women's summit, but we can talk about that on on the next, the part two, if we want to. Yeah. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. So, you know, you're taking a lot of risks right now in order to really dive deeper into your own vision and, but you're, you're really trying to make an impact. And, and I do believe, I shouldn't say trying because I believe you are already making an impact. Um, So I want to thank you for what you're doing. And I love when people take risks and show up to, to really inspire others to be able to do the same. So thank you for doing that. That's amazing. And I love following you. I don't get to watch all of your lives, but (laughs) I do my best to be able to hop on and, uh, and kind of see where you are and what you're up to. And, and it's been fantastic getting to know you so far and we will continue to get to know each other. I have no doubt. And we will also work together at some point. I have no doubt. And, um, uh, yeah, thank you. And we'll touch base. We'll figure out a time. We're going to do a part two to this. I have, uh, (laughs) I have a feeling. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be great. I'm sure I'll have more adventures to share from my walkabout. I feel like I'm having my own like rite of passage right now. And it's a, it's a really beautiful thing. And uh, I'm very eager to get to see what next year looks like after all of this. And uh, my book is floating around somewhere waiting for you as well. Oh, that's right. It's in Ohio. And I didn't make it to Ohio because of all my <laughs> adventures. That's right. I totally forgot. I'm so glad you said that. I have to check. So. Too. And um, yes, I'll figure out where, I, where I'll land. I, I didn't think I'd be where I am for as long as I was, uh, but I will, I'll land at some point. Absolutely. Somewhere. <laughs> That's right. No, you're, uh, you're doing great things, amazing things. I can't wait to <laughs> learn more about the women's summit that you're going to be putting together in January. And can you just finish off with, tell us your YouTube channel name again, where people can find you online. If people want to kind of follow along with your journey right now, <laughs> as you're traveling in your truck and hitting the road and doing all the things um where are people best to find all of things things alicia thank you so my youtube channel is horsepower empowerment through connection and then the name of my business is global equine affiliates and then um, you can find me on Facebook at Elysia, and that's spelled E-L-Y-S-I-A, and then Jane, J-A-N-E, and then last name Bus, B-U-S-S. Just like a school bus, just bigger, like my giant personality. That's right. And, and so feel free to um, follow me on any of those three platforms. I do my daily lives for my journey across the country. And um, you can see a list of my projects on the project page on Global Equine Affiliates if you'd like to see all of the fun, random projects that I am doing to try to make the world a better place and how we can connect. And if you want virtual life coaching while I'm on the road, all sorts of things are possible. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much for being with me today. I am honored to have you on and I will talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you so much. It was an honor and a privilege as always to spend quality time with you, Nikki.
Well, that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to NikkiPorter.ca. Thanks again for listening, and we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind. Thank you.